Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, I think any man who calls himself a gym is a psychopath. Yeah, first of all, if you think you're a gym, stop listening to this and go um, get a therapist. everyone welcome back to talking ship and for a uh, full disclosure this is in fact the second time we are attempting to record this very special season finale episode uh so no matter what happens today no matter how funny or wise you think all of us are on this episode just imagine if you think we're funny now how funny we were the first time we tried to record this <laughs> um but we're back because thankfully everyone's a gem and we had so many things to talk about this episode is kind of designed to help us cover some of the fan questions that you guys had and also just cover some of the topics we didn't get to in the episodes and to bring in some new uh, perspectives to talk about Jim and Pam and their relationship. And speaking of, we're going to oh. introduce our guest, Angela. Do you want to bring him on? Wow. Boy, do we have a perspective to bring on. This perspective <laughs> hails from Vermont and is maybe the best soul. That's it. The best. Wow. What an um, This person Watches The Office every night before bed. Please welcome Riley Wesley. Hello. Thank you so much. I did not realize this was the season finale. It is. Wow. Is. You are the Will Ferrell coming in for those final two episodes of the season. <laughs> I am Will Ferrell coming in to save the show. Yes. That's, that, that's you. That's <clears> wow. You right and now. I'll tell you, just for... um. You know, now that it's out in the open that we are re-recording this, I am going to be reusing some jokes. The I guess this is the audience first time, but I just want everyone to know that last time, last episode was really funny. That we recorded this one's going to be even funny. <laughs> yes, I yeah. I think so too. I think it was like that was our dress rehearsal. This is opening night. Yeah, we're looser. Exactly. Absolutely, um, we're more it's, caffeinated. Yeah, I think it's just going to be like that drama class exercise where you do a scene in one minute, and then your teacher's like, "Great, now do that scene in forty-five seconds." Exactly, <laughs> and everyone tries to make the same joke and exactly. just a little bit faster. Yeah, yep. It, we're going to hit the priorities. Yep. We do it in forty-five seconds. You get to be like, you know what? This line was good. This one made me feel yep. like a star. Doodly do do do, and then all of a sudden. You know, you have a perfect 45 second episode. Speaking of the greatest hits, I think we something that came up in our first time recording had to do with you, Riley, and it, it has reinvigorated the new structure of the show because I asked, have you used The Office on your dating profile? And Riley, tell us what your answer is. To oh, that yeah, question. I did say yes. <laughs> and my quote I said was, Ryan used me as an object. So, so you put that again, you put that like below your name, like, is it like really obviously like representing you or is it like a, a nugget? When you go on the app, you just see like a, a picture with a vid, a slideshow and you click play and this song plays with a bunch of pictures. And then when it's done, you have, you can swipe up to see like their a little bio, what they do for work, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. We all now know also that you're speaking of Raya. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm the most famous person I know, and I'm on Raya because I was asked to, not because I got a friend pass and pay ten dollars a month. Oh so, wow. <laughs> wow! 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 Yeah. That's a that's a pretty deep cut of a quote. Yeah, it's a pretty deep cut. I will say it is, Mindy. I mean, Kelly Kapoor quotes are amazing because well what I, i'm a big mindy kaling fan of course mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and also what i learned is that all of her everything she says and almost everything that ryan says is what mindy kaling wrote and so, so he writes all of the uh, kelly and ryan jokes and all the you know i mean that's why they're so good because it's just a different voice from the other writer you know what i mean yeah so okay wow. this inspired me because i think that like that to me is an appropriate and like funny way to use the office on your profile. Have you gotten responses? Like, do people say anything about that quote? Nope. I have not gotten a single response. And we don't know if that's the quote or Riley, but. I think it might be me. I also no. feel like um, the people on Raya, everyone's garbage. I feel like the people on Raya don't really care about. Yeah, it's like literally quarterbacks and DJs. Exactly. It's gay quarterbacks and gay DJs. Yeah. <laughs> 
So understandable. Understandable. So not your fault. But here's what it made me think about because I obviously am like on the record coming down pretty hard on people using the office on their dating profile. But it kind of changed my mind because I was like, oh, if I saw that, and this is a conversation that we've had before, Angela, of like now like everybody watches it. But as we've kind of talked about before, there was a period of time funny people watched The Office. Yes. It, I mean, it, it sort of feels sort of like a, a. I was actually just watching Pen15 last night for the 40th time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, right now, Pen15, like all I text my friends from back home and no one's heard of Pen15. Yeah. But all my friends who are in comedy or writers, they all love Pen15. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like that's how the office started as like, especially yeah. the first season. It was just sort of like this show for like, you know, the people who do, who did Second City and like, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And because, you know, all improvisers eat chicken wings. But it grew into this phenomenon. And I sort of feel like after the fact, now that's on Netflix, Gen Z is getting super into yes. it. Yes. And now it's a cool, you know, now Billie Eilish has the office stuff in her song. She does? Yes, she has the scarn. She has the, you know, in the uh, Threat Level Midnight episode where they do the scarn. Yes. One of her songs is the whole beginning of the scarn. (laughs) Okay, that's the ultimate quoting in your dating profile. It's in your fucking album that made a billion gajillion dollars. That's crazy. (laughs) That's crazy. If that's to me, I'm like, that's fucking funny because that's a deep cut. Exactly. So what this inspired me to do is I think we should start the episode with a quick little do's and don'ts of using the office in your dating profile because yeah. I've, I've changed my mind. I now think it can be something where I'm like, oh, you're actually funny. Huge. Um, and not just using the office as a crutch because Huge. you're not funny. It's kind of like how anybody referencing like a normal musical, you're like, okay, whatever. When somebody like references like Sound of Music, like I guess what it's turning into now is like it's a classic. So now when you reference it, it's like a badge of honor rather than you're just talking about like Dear Evan Hansen. Does that make sense? Like yeah. it's a classic now. So I think it is cool to now quote it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I just think I still can't tell sometimes if people are quoting it as a classic because they feel like that's how they show that they're funny by quoting it or if they are actually funny and actually understand it and actually do you understand it and appreciate yeah. it as a classic? And I feel yeah. like there's ways to know which is which. Well, I feel like if you ask someone what their favorite show is, if they say The Office, I think it's kind of basic. I think yeah. you can, you know, have another favorite. Sh- you know, The Office is such a pr- pr- amazing show, of course. Sort of like in no shade to, you know, whoever. But like if I ask someone what their favorite musical is and they say Wicked, I'm like, okay, Wicked <laughs> is a great musical. <laughs> right. But if that's your favorite musical, then we're just theater kids on different levels is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I quote Wicked. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. I'm not quoting it because I'm like, this is the best musical ever written. I'm like, respect the classics. Exactly. That's the same thing we're talking about. Yes. Respect the classics. Exactly. Know what made Dina Menzel. You know? Yes. Okay. So that's a good don't don't put it as like i'm mostly a hinge user so there's a lot of prompts yes so favorite shows don't use it as your favorite i would say do here's a do do use it sparingly i think you get one office reference on your dating profile yes use it sparingly because again it's like if your whole personality is the office secretly my whole personality is the office will i let people know that no will i let them think that i am i don't know depressed yeah <laughs> that is my um more public uh entire personality mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. my secret personality is the office if anyone wants to date me let me know that's our secondary service yeah uh relationship yeah. advice and we're also now doing matchmaking yeah um yeah. for riley specifically I also, I just think like if you make anything, your entire personality on a dating profile, you look like a crazy person. Like if you have multiple pictures of you holding a fish. Yes. But it really is a big thing. I mean, I'll go look at like the hot guys from my high school way back when. And like, I'll look at them now and all they post is fish pictures. Yeah. I've never really understood it, but honestly, (laughs) honestly, one of the pictures on my hinge profile is me with a fish, but it's not me holding up a fish. (laughs) fish it's me pretending to gobble it it's me going nom, 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 and i'm oh, like going into my mouth it, you know? that's there for obvious reasons just the size of your mouth exactly, exactly. 
I think don't use a basic ass office quote. Don't use anything that I think like someone has made a sticker of on Etsy. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Absolutely not. Get it yes. off your fucking profile. Get it off your profile. Absolutely. It's like Jesus loves me or my third graders uh, student of the month. That's what those are to me. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. They mean nothing. They mean nothing. It's like having a family, again, no shade. It's like having a family little cursive yes. writing letters on your, above your dining room table, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Your live, laugh, love target. Your live, laugh, love. Mm-hmm. Your, my dog is the king of the house. Yes. Mm-hmm. In this family, we do hugs. Yeah, uh, it's five o'clock somewhere. Right. That's what that is, yeah. I think anything prison, Mike, even though we know that's like a classic bit, yeah. I think it's overdone. I think you gotta I think you gotta go for a deeper cut I than agree. prison Mike. I agree. Deeper cut than prison Mike. If your name is Jan, a good quote to have is oh, yeah. a hobby cup of Jan. Yes. Now that I don't one think people you would can really have. get it, but that one you can have. Absolutely. I'm giving that out. That's a freebie. I guess video. this is also just like is it cool to quote anything quotable is my thing. Like is the only way to quote on dating apps or in general, like to find deep dive things that aren't a quote. Like, is it just frowned upon if it's something that maybe they would have merch of or something? You know what I mean? Like, I think so. I think so. Like basic, you know? Actually, I just think the whole idea of quoting things has changed. It's like, yes. you, don't, you don't want to quote something that's like dancing through life. You want to quote, I am a sentimental man because no exactly. exactly. Can you just not do a Michael Scott quote? That might be what it is. And I can't even give you something that is appropriate because I feel like it has to be those little subtle moments that almost like blip by on the office. Yes. Like Ryan used me as an object to oh, be no. like, oh, that's from the office yeah. instead of like, Okay, I roll with my eyes. I get it. It's from the office. Yeah. yeah. Also, to quote Michael Scott, it's like, it's really fun to quote Kelly or any of them out there because those are just like side characters that are being funny. Mm-hmm. But to quote Michael Scott is like, it's like to quote Glinda. You know what I mean? I'm trying to think of other quotes, and all for some reason, all I can think of is not a quote of when Michael um, goes to speak at Ryan's business school at night and takes the boombox and plays that song when he walks down. And he goes, hello, I'm Michael Scott. And the boombox says, hello, I am. (laughs) It is just the funniest thing in the whole wide world. Or Kelly Kapoor, when Idris Elba is there. Kelly and Aaron's both names are Kelly. So then she goes, oh, can I be called Aaron? That's my middle name. He goes, Aaron, that's a beautiful name. And Kelly goes, you know what my name is? Rajaniganda. And I hate it. I hate it. (laughs) And then Kevin goes, I thought Rajaniganda was a boy's name. It's my favorite. <laughs> if someone quoted that entire scene, I'd approve. I would approve. Okay, I'd so approve. that's a good way to do it. I feel like the way to do it is like watch an episode and pick the little random moment that stands out to you like that, like Rajaniganda. Or you yeah. could put the song that Michael plays walking down the aisle as your Raya song. As your Raya song, yes. That's that I'd approve of. Yeah, mm-hmm. genius, genius. That's crazy. Genius. There's like, a, it's like MySpace where you have like a song. Yeah, you have a song and you have a bunch of pictures. Um, Do you guys ever listen to music from like 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 any throwback playlists? Oh, and you're like, whoa, this song was on my MySpace. Haven't met you yet by Michael Bublé. I can't not oh think of my, my MySpace page. Like I hear, I hear it on my MySpace. Like I can't. Mine was King of a- King of Anything by Sarah Bareilles. Nice. <laughs> I had an Exanga page and I had Dare You to Move on it. Oh my wow. god. Okay, my other do is like, do make it relevant. Sometimes I feel like the question or the prompt won't have anything to do with the office. And they'll just be like, what do you want to do on a Saturday? And they'll be like, oh, how the turntable. That's not, but one that has stuck with me that I was like, this is actually appropriate. On Hinge, there's a ranking thing. It's like, debate me on this or rank these three things. And someone did the office, friends and parks and recreation. And I I didn't swipe yes on them, but I'm still thinking about is... The Office a better show than Friends. I don't know what I know because Friends like perfected the art form, right? Of the multi-cam sitcom. Yeah. But The Office like reinvented the comedy for like the format that we enjoy. So what is yeah. a better show? I know this is crazy. But to me, it goes The Office, Parks and Recreation, Friends. I think maybe I'd throw Friends second place, but The Office is coming in first for me. Because yeah, I'm like, in first. that shit, no matter what. Listen, Friends is incredible, mm-hmm. but I would never call it comedic brilliance. When I watch a Friends episode, I'm like, oh, this is actually really funny. 
but I don't go out of my way. <laughs> don't go out of my way to like watch Friends all the time. Whereas The Office, I mean, I watched it last night, and I watched it the night before, and also actually, my you know what's crazy? The first episode of The Office I ever watched was on Thanksgiving. They aired Jim and Pam's wedding, and that was the first episode huh. I ever watched on live TV. So then I went back and started watching them all. And then I caught up and then I was able to watch the next season live. What was it like then going back and watching Jim and Pam and knowing they were going to end up together? Well, I love spoilers. If I'm watching anything, I will will (laughs) Google the movie I'm watching. I'll know what happens and then I'll watch the movie. I think truly it's because I am such an anxious little boy that I love to know what's going to happen because – the, the cool part for me is how they get there, you know? Yeah. And because all I had seen was their wedding. Mm-hmm. It, it honestly, for some reason, didn't spoil that much to me. Because I still got mad watching. Or I would, like, get upset. I'm like, come on, Pam. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I would still feel it. You're still there. Well, good to know that yelling, come on, Pam, is a universal yeah. experience. And it's not just us. Because yeah. sometimes I worry about that we as women are more frustrated with Pam because we identify with her more and we know what we would do and we're a little harsher on her. So jealous of her. Right. (laughs) Riley, the last couple episodes, Megan and I had some moments where we freaking tore that woman down. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, you know, in this, I can't, I I jumped to, I'm not going to tear Pam down because it's not her fault. I'm tearing the, straight male writers who wrote Pam because they just wrote the most, you know, I mean, essentially the office is a white savior show. Here comes Jim to come save Pamela. Yeah. Yeah. Bada boom, bada bang. And that's why we're all rooting for Pam and not, I mean, rooting for Jim. Even in the end, in the finale, when they do like the 10 year, whatever, after the documentary came out, they're being interviewed. And then all the girls like, how could you do that to Jim? Like, blah, 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 blah. I know. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, poor Pam. Poor yeah. Pam. I went into this season wanting to like tear down Jim because there are so many think pieces on what up so many <laughs> in my corner of the internet. There's a few people who <laughs> like to talk about the office now and be like, Jim's actually terrible or Pam like Pam's actually terrible. The relationship is bad. And we did, we've talked about this a lot. Their marriage is not great. And there's a lot of things that could have helped their marriage. But looking at Jim, I'm like, the, his quote unquote flaws are not huge flaws. Like they really do write him to be this hero. And I guess I want to talk about like, first of all, do gyms really exist? Like, are there people like this in the world that would do all these big, great romantic gestures and then not resent Pam at all? Because if you look at it, the relationship really is kind of one-sided and that's again, not on Pam. That's the way the show was written. Yeah. So would this actually exist in that way that some one guy could be so perfect and so understanding this whole entire series? I don't know if it's real. No, I don't know. I feel like I feel like if it did exist, it would again sort of be like you're not really seeing the bad side of because everyone has a bad side. Yeah. And I'll be like, you know, if if you see a gym in real life, then you're like, okay, but what are your real demons? You know, sort of like Beyonce. Mm-hmm. I look at Beyonce, I'm like, look at this perfect human being who's a god and not from this earth. And like she yeah. is everyone I know who's worked with her says she's the sweetest in the whole wide world, and she's like, you know, just an incredible person, but I'm like, that means she is has demons. I bet you she goes home and she takes off that mask and she just rips people's heads off, you know? She just rips her children's heads off. Rips her children's heads off. <laughs> Beyonce, if you're listening to this, just know I actually don't believe that. And I actually think you are perfect. And also think- thank you for listening to the pod. And also thank you for listening to this pod. No, but I agree. I agree. He is really built up and you're like, there's got to be some stuff that's harboring there. But it's like... I'd also pivot this conversation to not talk about is the gym real, but is that kind of love real? Because mainly when we're talking about like, could this person really exist? Could they literally leave athlete and really just like that love anchor them and be like, I actually want to put my family first. Like, can, does that exist? And that I don't know. Well, in in the last episode that got lost in the, in the universe, we talked about how I think 
that with the kids, I think that is, I think that could exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, the gyms out there. I do. I do imagine the gyms out there do exist when they're like fathers and they can drop it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe just like as a single dude, if my friend was dating a gym, and I, I'd be like, I feel like maybe he's a racist or something, and we don't know it, or he's a flat yeah. earther. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah. Too good. <laughs> John Krasinski might be a Republican, guys. That's like the real red flag we're not talking about. You know what I think? Um, I don't think he. I don't think he always was. I think when he was Jim, he was a fun, sweet, you know, cute guy. But something about getting jacked just made him this Republican army man. Yeah. And again, John Krasinski, for listening to this, I don't. I still love you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the pod. Thanks. Say hi to Emily. The thing that I had a shower moment about this. Okay, well, two things that happened in between our uh, our lost recording and now is one. Did you guys see the thing of Rachel Maddow talking on MSNBC about her wife Susan getting COVID? Yeah, no, I hadn't no. watched it. I saw the headline. Oh, <laughs> it's worth watching because she just talks about the way that she loves this person, and I was like, oh, this is how Jim loves Pam. Where oh, she yeah. was like, she was like, it's wow. not even like she is the sun and I'm a planet orbiting around her because that gives me too much credit. It's like, she is the planet and I am a satellite moving around her. Like she says, she is the organizing factor of my entire life. And Yeah. Angela, your face. Like I was like, Oh, that's incredibly Okay, romantic. so then that wow. makes me believe. That makes me, okay, if Rachel Maddow has that kind of love, I do believe in Jim and Pam's then. Yeah. You know what, that's what we said last time we said, yeah, we said Jim's do exist, but they don't look like, they don't, they don't look like John Krasinski. They look like Rachel Maddow. The other shower moment I had, you know what I wonder if in the non-fictional world, and obviously this show is like where you don't see the intimate moments of their lives. Like I'm watching normal people right now and you see these very intimate, you see them process their emotions mm-hmm. and make these decisions that you see all of the literally most private moments because of the sex and the just Irishness of it all. But in the office, you don't see these intimate moments. So wonder if you guys know anyone, if you've ever dated anyone, like a guy who relies on grand gestures. Mm. But doesn't maybe put in this day-to-day work because you see the women in this assembly and you see all of us as an audience and even people in the office and like the camera crew and even Pam like talking about all these big gestures he does from yeah. like the teapot to the you know putting Pam and his family on the side of the winners list and not the losers list to the music video which he doesn't even edit, but I feel like I know friends who are like, oh, he's so amazing because he made me a playlist or like yeah. he's so amazing because he planned the best birthday evening for me. And I'm like, but does this person put in the day to day work of the child rearing? Like, are they going to get up early with the kids? Are they going to sit down with you and like have the hard conversations? I don't know. So I do wonder if that is part of the gym imperfection that is legit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have a boyfriend who is uh, Riley's good friend as well. And Mm -hmm. he's like a person that is such the most caring and kind man, but will never do a gesture. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, he doesn't know how. He doesn't know what to do for a gesture. Yeah, it's like I think um, the gesture part of Jim is his creativity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some people are not creative in those areas. Listen, God bless Rob's soul. He probably won't listen to this. Thank you for listening to the pod. But I Thank think some people just can't do grand gestures. Yeah, I will say I've dated, I've only dated two people in my life. Well, the first one was just awful. It started out great, yeah. but then I ended up, you know, to try to save this relationship would like send flowers or do this incredible date blah 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 but then he wouldn't put anything in on his side and the second guy I dated there were no grand gestures he just was constantly you know just the best just so loving exactly yeah 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 same Angela with uh, Warby Parker. He, I remember towards the end of the relationship when things were like fizzling, I like begged him for a gesture. I was like, do something, do anything. Like I need to feel like oh, there wow. was love again. And he planned a date night, which like for a gym would be an average Thursday. But to him was like the biggest deal that he made to reservation. And that was as big as a grand gesture as he could get. 
but he was very good at like the day to day thing. I feel like I know people that can be really good at the gestures and like kill it for somebody's birthday, especially the gifts thing. And Jim is so good at gifts. Yeah. yeah. He taught me how to give gifts. I love a good sentimental gift. The gifts are huge. And I think that sometimes if you're relying on those things, the girlfriend and everyone else in the community will forget about the fact that you probably don't do the day-to-day like helping bank dinner and yeah. having difficult conversations. So that's, I guess, something I would warn people against about dating a real-life gym. Yeah. 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 I completely agree with that. Okay. Let's get to a couple fan questions. Okay. A listener asks, why are we so likely to develop crushes at work? Thank y'all. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I'll say this. I'll say I think it's because as as someone who is an anxious dater and an anxious person, even if this is like platonic friendship, when I have like one-on-one hangouts with people that I'm like trying to be friends with, I'm so in my head. And I think it's just like when I have to, when I have nothing to do but be myself, I, I need an obstacle. Like I need something. Like I just get in my head and I start watching myself and I'm like crazy. But like to meet somebody in the context of doing something else always gets me more grounded and more myself because I'm like, oh, mm. I have like a deadline or I have, there's no way for me to like be performative about going to the office for work, right? When that person and I meet, it's like I, my guard is much more relaxed because I have like something to do with my hands, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It makes people more open weirdly because it's not so intentional. Yeah, I agree. I think it is like a, when you're with someone all the time, I mean, when you're at the office, you're spending most of your day there. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it's easy to go get drinks after the office and you're, you know, again, it's like your guards are down. You're just doing your thing. It's also, you know, gossip is the most bonding thing in the world. You can talk shit about your boss. You can talk shit about someone else who's, you know, there. And also if you don't like your job, it's bonding through trauma, which is the second most bonding thing besides gossip. Mm -hmm. Is that true with gossip? Yeah, gossip is like the number one bonding thing and with friends. Yeah, that makes so much sense. That's why I have no shame about gossiping, where I'm like, this is just the human condition. This is what we need to do to survive. That's what we need to do to survive. Survival of the fittest. Survival of the pettiest. And I think you know, there's a difference between talking shit and gossiping. Yes. Yeah. You know, I don't like to be mean, but I also love a secret. Yeah. I love a secret. And like, what's more interesting than talking about people? Like, what's more interesting than people? Well, because then you get to know the other person that shows how they think and what yeah. they process and what they, you know, it just, you get to know people really well through watching them react to certain things. Yes. Yeah. So I think it's that. And then the other thing I would say about workplace, and even I would extend this to like shared communities, we're all kind of in artistic communities, is that I think people see you at work at your best and at your worst. They see you have great sets and great scenes and great, I don't know, surgeries or meetings or pitches, whatever normal people do. Oh, that was a great surgery, doctor. Really hot surgery. I mean, we've seen episodes of Grey's Anatomy. There are days where I'm like, you're turned on by that use of that scalpel. I can tell. Absolutely. Absolutely. If I'm being honest, I probably would too. If I watch somebody do a really good surgery, I'd be like, dang, you really cut that body good. If I saw anybody do like a normal surgery, I would say it was a really good surgery. Oh my, if they did a bad surgery, I wouldn't know. I would say, what a good surgery. Also, Also, I'll say this really quickly. Our generation, you can quote me on this, our generation loves not trying, glorifies people that are just naturally doing anything. Like when you naturally have style, when you see somebody really trying with their outfit, it's like for some reason turns you off. Yeah, like a new yes. thing, um, because it didn't used to be that way when my grandma was a young lad. Young lad. When she was a young lad. So, but I will say, with dating, it's all you're always trying. But like at work, it's just like effortless. That's why I don't like. I hate dating. I hate like sitting down with someone, and be like, okay, we're supposed to have a romantic connection. Let's, yeah. you know, right. we're supposed to get to know each other. Yeah. Blah 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 blah. Same with like, I don't. I mean, same with anybody. If I'm like. If like a friend's like, oh, I think you really like my friend. He just moved to LA once again to show business. And then like you guys should get coffee. And then I get coffee with this person and I'm like, hey, man, what's up? I know, right? It's like really hard (laughs) to like emulate life when you're sitting down with somebody and you've paused. Right. Versus when you're like in in an office or like in a surgery room. (laughs) 
We're in a we're in a play together. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's nothing more bonding than being in the theater. Mm-hmm. I this is how I feel about everyone I know who works in restaurants always has a restaurant crush because it's all of those things. It's like there's always so much gossip at a restaurant. There's always shared enemies, whether there be coworkers or like annoying guests. And you're so busy that like your guard lets down. So it's not like I'm gonna show up to a date and be charming because that's what I'm supposed to do. It's like Everything's moving so fast. I'm going to make like the best joke about my life about these fried pickles as I walk past you because my guard is down and I'm just like, and slowly you'll fall in love with me out of all because of all of my jokes about the fried food that we serve. I actually wonder if, if we had to pick all of the workplaces for romance, I bet restaurant workplace is like number one. Well, and it's interesting. I had a conversation with my crush at the restaurant recently where I'm like, why isn't there like a pinnacle restaurant workplace ensemble show? Yeah. There's like nothing like that. Nothing. You know, like- what, you know what there is? Vanderpump rules. <laughs> Which is just <laughs> real fucking life. Real fucking life, man. True. That's a real workspace. That's the- And also, you know what? At a workspace, I would fart and on a date, I would not fart. And then if you love me for my fart, then it's real love. Yeah. And to me, one of those people is a liar and the other one isn't. Exactly. One, And they're both me. They're both versions of myself. Exactly. When I'm on a date, I'm a liar. Look at, I am not damaged. Yeah. I'm really selling myself well. When I'm yeah. on a date, I am in a play. Yeah. The play is about my life. And I am playing the breakdown of who Angela should be. You know? Yeah. I also try to get this person to like me. No, I have the same problem too. Even if I don't necessarily like this person, I want them to like me. So right. I'm just like really going for it. Yeah. Angela, when you said when I'm on a date, I'm in a play, I thought you meant like <laughs> because I feel like when I'm going on a date with someone who's not in the industry, suddenly I am like a working actor. Suddenly I'm like, yeah, I'm working on this project right now. I just had an audition to be the like, ba 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 voice of McDonald's. <laughs> like, I'm doing this. I literally had a guy DM me on Hinge the other day, be like, wow, I've never acted, but I'm such a fan of the art form. And I'm like, wow, I'm oh, going to yeah. sell myself so hard to you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that is. Know not a real version of what my life looks like and at the restaurant i'm like i'm auditioning for a toe tomorrow guys so <laughs> yeah. like that's about where i'm at it's honestly like going home for thanksgiving when like all your old relatives are like you know why you know you're ready to go back to school and i'm like actually i just booked a marvel movie and i cannot say what it is but i am going to be filming for nine months in china next year and it might you might not see it come out you know what honestly i did this at my restaurant to get out of work i would be like oh i booked this thing i'm filming for a week Like so my whole restaurant thought I was going to be so famous because I had all these projects and I can't be like oh yeah like production fell through or I'd be like everything's taking a long time like we have to do reshoots but it's just hard because someone got pregnant so but and then I was like fuck I have to quit this job soon because they're gonna know that I'm I haven't actually booked anything (laughs) and that is me on a date (laughs) obsessed usually when i want to get out of something i say i have a self-tape but just say that you fucking booked it you booked it you gotta say you're booked it because then they're like oh yeah you really are pursuing your dreams we get that you have to go and then you you become someone where people say riley works all the time exactly i love that rumor to spread yes i want the rumor about me that i work all the time to spread yeah Okay, great. So I feel like that was a, a very extensive but well thought out answer about this is why it happens at work. Yeah, we really went there. And I think to all of our points, the next question was like, is pursuing a work romance worth it? And I think yes, because you if someone sees you be yourself in your non Marvel booking self and still wants you, sees you like at your best and your worst and is like, yep. yeah, no, this is who I want. I don't yep. know. That's like the type of person I want. Yeah. Exactly. Same. 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 High risk, high reward, baby. High risk, high reward. Couple more questions. Was Jim right to be worried about history repeating itself? I think Chip Pam cheating while she was at art school. 
And I just think to extend this question generally into a non-fictional life, like if your relationship with someone starts out of some kind of infidelity, yeah. do you have a right to like continue to be worried about that? Well, I was just in this conversation with a friend and I will say your friends have a right to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But it was the one time where I felt confident enough to be like, okay, well, just a reminder, this is how it started. So like, let's be careful here. Mm-hmm. So your friends are allowed to be bitches about it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We're just like, put your seatbelt on, babe. Yeah, buckle up. Buckle up. You know, mm-hmm. I do think trust is such a, you know, such a very important thing. I don't know. I feel like in that situation, I mean, you know, Jim did turn around. He did turn around. That's he right. Did turn around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I did this last time. I took me dozens of times watching the office to really be like oh i thought pam's friend was gay like i thought it was just pam's gay friend from art school yeah um so i was like oh there's no threat there which is weird because they gave jim like hot kathy and they gave pam gay art man yep because what we're talking about really though is emotional cheating right because she stops jim when he kisses her and she's like i'm engaged to roy or whatever yeah um but like emotionally yeah she was like freaking attached at the hip to Jim. So I, I think that person has a right to know that their heart like isn't like it's not like I don't know. It's just like it's scary. I, I totally empathize with that. Yeah. What do you guys think about with the Brian thing though? Did do you think Jim was worried when it came to Brian in that? The Brian stuff felt like more real emotional cheating than the first time. But I think the yeah. difference is during that, like Jim wasn't doing anything wrong in art school. In art school, Jim was supporting her and like trying to give her space. Like with Brian, it was like Jim knew he was being absent. Yeah. Like had created this opening. I mean, I think it would it's sort of justified because, you know, Pam was going through a really hard time and Jim wasn't there for her, yeah. her and Brian was. And I don't think it, I, I still wouldn't classify it as emotional cheating. I would just sort of be like, you know, this person's, being there for Pam and that's what she needs right now Yeah, you know and if Jim's not going to be there then yeah I think emotional cheating is more like you know oh I'm in love with you but we can yes you know to me because like if that were me I mean like you know again I've had weird forms of relationships where like my ex went and did a whole you know press tour for months and was traveling all over and all these different time zones and you know i couldn't i was sleeping most of the damn time and i had no i was like oh yeah he's gonna need to talk to other people and and i was like "Eh, that's fine yeah yeah i don't think he had a right to be like upset about the brian thing yeah if you're there if he's not around that's just human right to like Mm -hmm. somebody else to talk to like just talking about like human companionship like that's just normal but if maybe if he is around and she's just like only talking to brian maybe there is something wrong there but yeah yeah Yeah. that's a good point like if you are fully there and they're choosing to go to talk to somebody else about their problems that's a big old flag but if they're on a press tour you can do it and i also feel like if you know, Jim sort of because if Jim were to be like, "Yo, what are you doing with this guy?" Then Pam could throw it right back and be like, "Listen, man, you're not there for me. I'm raising yeah. these kids, yeah. and you're you're after leaping out of here, after leaping and keeping secrets from me." Uh, this what this isn't in the outline, but I, I guess we didn't really talk about it. Do we think it's fucked up that he like she has this thing about buying the house without her and taking the job without her? Like, what do we think of that? decision and is that super fucked up of him or do we buy kind of his reasoning is like if i waited for pam to make certain decisions certain decisions wouldn't happen he says she'd still be married to roy for one yeah i mean that's a really scary justification when you put it like i I think like no matter i think that you can only say that in a tv show right i don't think yeah like because besides that that's just like not someone not consenting yeah i don't think anyone would actually say but actually i don't know like when you really know somebody some of my friends are like slow to do stuff and i just force them Mm -hmm. to do it i don't know but i guess there's a level of like I think relationships should trade off with one person being a couple steps ahead. And I think that can be like emotionally, like the person who says, I love you first, the person that's like, I want to move in with you. Yeah. Yeah. To give the other person the security of, okay, you're willing to be a little more emotionally brave. So like I will as well. I think Jim's not taking like a few steps forward though. Jim Jim is taking leaps. 
Jim is jumping the pond, leaping jumping the pond. The, leaping the pond, yes. I will say if someone bought me a house without talking to me about it, I would be absolutely furious. <laughs> and also, Pam is an artist, and so she has an artistic eye, and she, you know, would take one, as she did, one step into that damn house and be like, you know what? This clown painting has got to go. Yep. This carpet's got to go. We could have found something um, that needed less work. Yeah. You know. If someone bought a house with a carpet without telling me, that's when I would have gotten the divorce. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's a huge red flag. Are you kidding? It's like, oh, this is your taste in homes. Oh, oh no. Like, you know we have to rip these up, right? Speaking of divorce, do you guys think the a real life version of this situation, the athlete situation, the Philly situation, would that couple in real life get a divorce? So in the moment in the show where like, I think they turn it around is they're going to their couples counseling, but it's really hard. He forgets his umbrella and then she runs out to give it to him and they hug and she remembers their wedding. And then they say like, I love you. And then the next episode, it's like, he has quit the job and things are great. It felt like the solution in that moment was I remembered how much I loved you. Do you think most couples in a not in a non-fictional world could have that kind of same turnaround of just remembering how much they love each other? Do you think they would have continued to resent each other? I just don't think it can always be as simple as like, you know what? I just remembered that you're the most important thing, but you maybe I don't know, maybe it can. Maybe sometimes it is that simple of, oh fuck, I you are more important to me than this. What am I what am I doing? I sort of feel like their problems I mean, yes, their problems were in their relationship, but their problems weren't necessarily with each other. Mm -hmm. It was more of like a a really tough situation of like, hey, I have an opportunity to sort of pursue my dream. And like, you know, because I think about it, like if I had a partner and kids that I loved and was happy with, and then uh, this opportunity came and I'm like, we have to move. And then my partner was like, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know. It's harder with the family. I think with the family, but also if I were, if I was single and I was like, Hey, this crazy opportunity, I had booked a Marvel movie. I film in China for nine months. And he was like, okay, well, no. Then I'd be like, okay, sorry, dude. Like, obviously I'm going to go film a Marvel movie and get paid $50 million and then have dinner with Robert Downey Jr. Like, I don't know what, what else they'd expect me to do. Yeah. You have to have dinner with him, but it's also like, those are the different types of relationships, right? There's like the ones where you're going after different goals and you're supporting each other in that. And there's nothing wrong with like pursuing love before career and Mm -hmm. above all things. Cause like, yeah, you're right. Like what is this job if you don't have someone to share like coming home from it with but then also like there is a part of all of us where we're like i don't want anybody to stop me from doing yeah. I mean, yeah let me tell you something they used to tell me in church here we go i grew up i grew up in the church everybody and this is um what they would tell us they would tell us you should run towards jesus first and run as fast as you can and spend your time running towards the light. And you'll find your person when you're walking towards what you want, Jesus, and you look to your right. And that person is running as fast as you. Because then that person's not going to bring your tempo down of running towards mm-hmm. the Lord. They are, they are at the same pace. And let me just throw that in there for you guys to really digest that. And it's that is a perfect metaphor honestly mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous when i think i'm like yes that is true i mean that's the best even in friends in any relationship it's like you know look to your right and see the people that are working as hard as you and doing all this stuff and then well i guess not all the time sometimes you'll meet find a friend who's not working hard but you love them still you know i love that love the lord yeah love the lord my thing is i don't know that jim and pam we're always running in the same that's direction. What I'm I don't think they, yeah. that's why I think there's like some relationships where they're, um, they got their things and they're like looking for how to support each other versus like, it kind of comes to a point where you're like, Oh, they just only want to support. Like that's all they, that's the way they're running towards. Yeah. Sort of like that. Going back to the office romance is like Jim and Pam, what they had in common was this job. Yeah. Like this is what mm-hmm. were they. So then when, as soon as they, 
that was threatened and like, oh, they're going to leave the job. And it's like, oh, like they're running in different directions. And it's like so scary for everybody, no matter what. Like Totally. Yeah. This is why I don't know that they would have really gotten divorced. I do. I agree. I think their relationship, their love for each other was so strong. And Pam was just in a place of making fear-based decisions instead of goal-based decisions. Because I think Pam never thought of herself as someone who could have goals, or at least she was scared of goals. And then I think the relationship provides enough like security and comfort that she can run towards Jesus. She can run towards Jesus. Jesus. I will throw in in, um, two more things that we put in last time that I, um, uh, one, oh, you know what I've realized? All of my relationships are more like Kelly and Ryan than Jim and Pam. (laughs) 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 Yes. Two. Wow, look at I I look just like Ryan when he came back from Miami. He, I said if you could see Riley right now, he looks exactly like he Ryan when he gets back. Because I have my my bleached hair from the sun, which is just from the sun, and also a map of Los Angeles. <laughs> which is like where Ryan probably should be. I bet. I bet he moved to LA and just sort of became a reductress. He, he writes for a reductress. <laughs> he's like sitting at Earth Cafe because he's in like the scarf phase of Ryan now. No, he like just does their like does their like businessing. He just pays all of the like indie women that are. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, guys. To wrap it up, if someone to you, a friend came to you and they were looking for advice, or even you know you just saw a poor lost soul on Raya or Hinge and they said, or just a Pam looking for her gym or just a gym looking for his Pam. What advice would you give to a person like that? Who's looking for a Jim and Pam relationship? What do you want them to know? I would say life's not like the movies, honey. If you think you're a Jim, good on you. You're not as hot as you think. If you think you're a Pam, girl, think higher, put reach for the stars, run towards the light, run, 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 run. But also, you know, have cute gifts and flirt and be cute. See, and I think like the things that we can take from the Jim and Pam relationship are the cute, yes, the cute exactly things in the way that they show affection and love, especially yeah. in the early seasons. Exactly. Like I would say, give the teapot, give the teapot with the note. Yeah, yes. I feel like there's with ways the to be intimate together. On so many different levels. We just learn from them like how you can like have a buddy and like send them cute little things or just like little post-it gifts and shit. I don't know. It's like very they're a very sweet example of like love and in a simple life. Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Love in a simple life. But I would say I agree, Riley. Like if you're a Pam. Think I think you think higher of yourself and and know that you could have your own athlete as a Pam. Exactly. Paint more murals. Paint more murals. I mean, I think any man who calls himself a gym is a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, if you think you're a gym, stop listening to this and go um, get a therapist in a, a school. <laughs> and um, you know, hug your mom or your parental guardian. Yeah. It's different if. You know, your friends like, oh, my God, you're such a gym. Ha, ha, ha. But if you say you're a gym, then I'm like, y'all, come on. Yeah, and that's the final don't of the dating profile. That's the T. Another office romance. Demi Lovato and Joe Jonas. This is real. This is me. So many workplace relationships from Disney. We get Troy Bolton and Vanessa Hudgens. Yep. <laughs> yep. Selena and Miley and Nick, that little oh, love, yeah, the love triangle. triangle. Oh, that was developed in the workplace. Kristen Stewart, Robert Pattinson. Remember when J-Lo fell in love with her choreographer on tour? Or the dancer or something. Yeah, like oh, that's, that's a workplace hot. love. Jennifer Lopez and um, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner. Yeah, look at that. Even Spielberg and Kate Capshaw. Oh, my God. Mm. Well, this is Real a deep cut one. Did you guys know that Aaron Sorkin dated Kristen Chenoweth? Yes, I wow, did. Wow, I did not know. You know why? Because he went to go see Wicked. Yep, he went <laughs> wow. to Wow. He quoted popular, and she went, you know what? That worked for me. His favorite musical. Honestly, that's what we're going to put at the end of this episode, folks. The Office is Wicked, and Wicked is The Office. <laughs> Yes, absolutely through and through. Both phenomenal, <laughs> but you know, 
think about it. Classic. <laughs> Like, use them sparingly. Know your audience. Yeah. Classics because they're good. Because they're know? good. But we're at the point where you got a you got a deep cut. You got a sentimental man, and you got a Kelly Kapoor it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And that's that's what we'll leave you with. <laughs> Love you guys. Thank that's you so, so much for being cool. here, Riley. Riley, will you share with people um, where they can find you, and if you have anything coming up that you want to them to know about? On everything in the world, just look up Riley Westling. Um, on Twitter and Instagram, and honestly, click on my IMDb so my star meter goes up. Hell yeah! Don't you have a podcast? <laughs> a, a new podcast coming out soon? Oh yes, I have an old podcast called "Our Podcast Got Hacked," Love it. Uh, which I will say I think is the funniest thing anyone's ever done. <laughs> um, and then uh, I have a new podcast coming out. It's actually coming out in January. Be on the lookout. It's called Is This Funny? Where we interview different comedians and talk about how their sense of humor came to be and where it stems from and how it's evolved. And Angela, this is our last Office episode with you. It has been a lovely journey. I had not rewatched this show. I am... And it was so nice to go back to it, especially during a pandemic, especially like I like to watch really dark shit. And this was like a reminder that light comedy about just like freaking workplace hilarity is so soothing. It's so soothing. Mm -hmm. And this relationship was so soothing and it was a blast. And you are soothing, Megan. We're all soothing. Oh, so soothing. soothing. So soothing. I hope everyone feels soothed. Yeah. We feel soothed. Um, with that, I'd also like a calm app if you want to start uh, sponsoring the show. Yes. Know that people are already soothed by us. You have a built in. Yes. Beyonce listened to this episode. Who else listened to this John episode? Kaczynski. John Kaczynski listened. All right, everyone. Well, Thank you for tuning in to this uh, take two of this episode. I think we killed it. We are taking Thanksgiving week off, but then we will be back. And actually, everyone, you might hear Angela's voice one more time for a very special holiday bonus episode. Angela, Riley, thank you so much for being here. And listeners, we will see you after Thanksgiving. Bye. After the break. Bye. Gobble, gobble. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been Talking Ship. Thank you to the Believe Podcast Network for helping make this show happen. And everyone, tune in every Thursday as we continue to make our way through the Jim and Pam relationship. It's ups, it's downs, and what we can hopefully all learn from it. And if you had a nice time, we'd love if you could rate and review the podcast. And if you had such a nice time that you want to keep track of what we're up to, you can follow the podcast at Talking Ship Podcast. You can follow the wonderful and hilarious Angela Giratana on Instagram at Giovanna Giratana. Ready? I'll spell it. It's at G-I-O-V-A-N-A-G-I-A-R-R-A-T-A-N-A. And you can follow me at OnlyMegan815. So send us your thoughts on Jim and Pam, on Roy, on Karen, what you loved, what we missed, and what you want us to discuss. So I hope you enjoyed and, you know, remember, never, ever, ever give up. See you next week. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube